Hey everybody, and welcome back to Tales of Esperon. I know, it's been a while, but we're back. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and then record it all to share with you. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy second by second, line by line, and the best part of it all is that we have no idea what will happen next. We're telling our story with a game system that you're probably familiar with, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. We loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories, independent of the lore and often problematic content that comes with Dungeons & Dragons right out of the box. In short, this just means that we roll some d20s to decide what happens next to our characters. Now, this episode is a little bit different. Now, Tales of Asperon has gotten together with 13 other content creators to put together a series of one-shots for our pod squad. Each is hosted by a DM of a different show from our little group. As of right now, we've released one-shots from The Birdhouse Mysteries, Transplaner RPG, The Last Tapestry, Nature Check, The First Watch, and The Devil Garden Podcast. And they are all phenomenal. So, let's get this special on the road, shall we? There's a heist waiting. Around you, you can see that this place is full of shelves made of metal and wood that descend up into the sky. Guys, I think I think we found found it. And in the distance, you can hear music playing from somewhere. And you are now inside of the party palace. Hey. Um, all of you are kind of standing like knee-deep in water in this big fountain, which is carved of stone, and it, it depicts this giant dragon sitting atop a pile of gold coins. With all of you now knee-deep in water in this big, big dragon fountain, sat in the center of the main chamber of the party palace. In front of you, you see a sign put on the ground, probably for people who would come into this giant party supply store and buy their wares for the Festival of Fire, which in the distance you can hear faintly outside, all of the people of this town celebrating. You can see a sign embedded in the center of the room that says, Holiday Hours. And conveniently right now, they're closed because the festival is about, it's a holiday. All of the lights in this place are off. It is dark and eerily quiet. All around you, you can see there are the towering shelves that surround this fountain, all of which are filled with knickknacks and wares and little things of that nature. Now, with your map in mind, you know that there are four sections of this store, each of which containing party goods untold. There is the costume section, Something called demo rooms, which you are not quite sure what that means. There is a section just labeled Boom. Another one labeled Birthday. And then finally, the Arts and Crafts aisles. Where would you like to go? And what would you like to do? Volquan, go Boom! <laughs> it's like, no costumes, then Boom. It's a good idea. We'll, we'll, we'll cover more ground if we split up. It's a tactical decision. Okay, bye! <laughs> Nalpo runs off to the costumes. Volk, you go to Boom. Nalpo, you go to costumes. Bugs, start with the arts and crafts. Yay. I'll handle birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so who would like to go? Who would like to do their little scene first? I think the best way to handle this is going to be in little vignettes across the store if you're going to split up. Uh, I can go first. I'll do arts and crafts. Let's do it. Okay. So, Bugs, we've, our, our view, our camera, so to speak follows you as you sprint to the right, away from the dragon fountain, and past these tall wood iron shelves filled with goods galore, 
and you step into a big space with a very high open cavernous ceiling. If this were your cobalt home, this would be the biggest, grandest chamber of your village. And around you, you see these wooden bins. Eh, roughly, for your cobalt height, they are as tall as you are. But inside them all, you can see a menagerie of arts and crafts goods. You can see a, a sign in common that says discount. 75% off in all of these little bins. What do you do? Uh, Bugs is going to go for all the... Mm, so like ribbon? I want lots of ribbon. Lots of ribbon. Okay, so you find a bin that is clearly marked and filled with ribbons of different shapes and curls and twirls. Can you roll me... Are you trying to be sneaky or are you just too excited? Honestly, I'm just too excited. There's a lot of ribbon. Okay. Um, so you just start digging into the bin. Describe to me the best pieces you pull out of this bin. Uh, okay. So my favorite ribbon that I pull out is like, it's thick because it's got like, it's very puffy and like a, almost like a fuzzy ribbon. It's like mm -hmm. like a pink fuzzy ribbon. Um, I also really like the gold sparkly ribbon because that looks shiny. And a nice lace one for fancy birthday parties or tea parties. Well, we'll drink lots of Earl Grey Ooh. tea. Earl Grey is the preferred tea of kobolds everywhere. Yeah, so you take these out of the out of the, the, the bin and start pull, putting spools of them in your bag. This is more ribbon than you've ever seen in your, in your life. And while you're looking through this, can you roll me a perception check? Yes, sir. If you're so excited, you could impose disadvantage if you'd like. Okay, yeah. That's your call. Okay, Oof. disadvantage. Okay, so six and seven. So they're both pretty bad. <laughs> okay, not great. So you, you, you rifle through these bins and you kind of go from bin to bin just looking for goods and you approach a big section of the room at the back. There is this tall wooden structure, four legs on each side and behind it, these big red velvet curtains. And upon the stage, as you approach, you can see these shadowed figures that look like humanoid people, the people you've seen in town. One of them is sat atop something that looks like a large cannon. Another is standing there with a banjo, and they're all frozen in motion, like some kind of weird sculpture of what would be people. But you step close to the stage, and you hear as a sound, the sound of a cannon scares you shitless. Um, and you jump and leap and turn around and suddenly all the lights on the stage appear and you realize that all of these things on the stage are pirates. And they all start to move in this weird, janky looking motion. And the one in the front goes, Arr, welcome to Pirate Pete's Party Palace. And you hear as the cannons go off again as these weird clockwork things have seemed to react to your presence. Uh, what do you do? Uh, 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 peace, uh, peace. And uh, I mean you no harm, pirate people. Just I've just come for the, the ribbon. I hope you have the party of the best occasion. Uh, um, uh, I think I would cautiously but curiously approach, you know, like since... It seems like they're more talking at me than to me. Yep. So maybe I, I kind of creep up a little closer. Maybe try to like tap one of them. Um, you, you creep up closer, maybe climb up on the stage and you give one a tap. And with the, the detection of your presence, it goes 75% off all arts and crafts goods. And you hear the cannons go off again. Uh, Just so you know, this is Pirate Pete's ooh, Party Palace. Pirate Pete's Party Palace. You can see a big sign. Now you can see a big sign draped across the stage. Um, can I take one of the pirate hats? Put it on? A absolutely. Okay, I take one of the pirate hats as a souvenir. And I, I throw it on my head. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Our, this is this is great. Um, thank you for your discount. I appreciate the ribbon. And it doesn't respond. And as you cl like maybe climb off the stage and you're backing away, you hear... 75% off all arts and crafts goods. Whatever this is, it's probably some kind of magic doohickey. And you look back to the pirate and you notice dangling in the air above all of the pirates is a big, big, shiny ball mm. suspended from the ceiling. And we cut away. Um, who else would like to have their scene? I'll go. 
Okay. Um, Nalpo, which remind me which section you were going to? I go to the costumes. The costumes. So you wade through in a very similar fashion these large and tall iron shelves that look like some kind of storage of some kind. But you pass by a section where, um, unlike the arts and crafts, it's not a big open place full of stalls and bins. You see a wall made of finely carved wood that goes off in 30 feet in either direction. And in the middle of this wall, there is a large glass window. And behind each one is what looks to be like a carved out person, mannequin, so to speak. And they're all wearing these decadent and beautiful costumes. Some of them look like they are dressed up like a brass dragon. And beyond, you can see that inside this room, there are racks and racks of clothes and things of all sorts. What do you do? Well, first, I definitely grab, grab that dragon costume. Mm -hmm. Because, obviously, and I put the dragon head on. Okay, so you, you step into the costume chamber through the little gateway and quickly rip the clothing off of this dragon. It's a little big for you because they're sized for, you know, most of the humans and you know elven folk that live in this town. Um, but you can make do with it. You put the dragon head on and... You're enjoying yourself. I was going to say that the next thing I'm looking for are just like the brightest colorful outfits that they have. Okay, roll me an investigation check, I think. Um, not fantastic, but not terrible. Oh, I have plus three. Seventeen. Seventeen. So with a seventeen, you make your way and weave through the racks of clothes. There are tons and tons of costumes here. Would you like to describe some of the ones you find? I definitely find a Joker costume with a little hat that jingles. And then I put that on top of the dragon head. <laughs> so it jingles while I'm walking. Um, I find a wonderful like red dress that is way too big for anybody, but I want it. And a crown. Ooh, what does the crown look like? It's going to be gold. It's not obviously real gold, but it looks like it's gold and it has shiny fake <laughs> jewels all over it. Oh, I love it. It's like a dollar store crown. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, so are you trying to be sneaky or again, are you just too excited? I am way, way too excited. <laughs> okay. Roll me a stealth check with disadvantage, I think. So that's either a 16 or a 10 on dice. So 10 is 12. While you're moving through this place, nothing seems to catch. It's quiet. Um, normally, it might be a disconcerting quiet, but you're just too excited. There are too many costumes, and it's so colorful and fun. It's like such a stark contrast to like the rocky dwellings of your cobalt home. And you kind of have a mound of clothes and packets. Uh, like different outfits that you have found and you start to, is there anything you would like to do in here before you leave this space? Nope, I just want to take all my stuff wearing my dragon costume. Um, So you start to walk out and as you step towards the door you walk past these kind of two wooden poles that frame the doorway and as you walk past you hear a sudden sound and you look around and affixed on the wall Above this doorway, there is a little red light that is now blinking and producing a sound. You're not sure why. Maybe it's because you're carrying an armful of clothes through a high fantasy metal detector. But, <laughs> and with that sound, we cut away. Who would like to go next? Let's go boom. <laughs> as, as your two companions run off into the darkness, you too as well run off with the memory of the map in hand, you go south from the fountain and pass by these bookshelves and things. And as you turn the corner, you see what looks to be a giant pile stacked up high. If we were in on Earth, it might be reminiscent of those giant Coca-Cola sculptures they make in the front of a grocery store for no reason. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it is stacked high with boxes some of them say fireworks. Some of them have the word dragon scrawled all over them. Um, fire blast, fire ball, fire thrower. Anything you can think of that says fire, but it's a big pile of these things. Um, in the center of a room, propped up on a stage, and there are these lights that are kind of directed at it. And remind me, what was the item 
that Volk wanted to get. Was it the big boom box? It sure was. It sure was, I thought so. So atop this pile of fireworks and explosives and party favors galore, you see on top of what looks to be a golden pedestal, almost like a little column that is peeking out of the pile. You see in big painted letters, the boom box. It's this big, big black square surrounded with metal rings that are kind of suspended by strings. And beneath it, it says, danger, volatile, run as far away as you can. What do you do? Now, the thing about Volk is, Oh no. She's a wildfire druid. Oh no. And she wants to see some things go boom. Are you going to blow up the party warehouse? <laughs> so maybe I should have gone last. <laughs> but no, this is this is better. What's going to happen is she is going to stand at the doorway to this big display. She can make her wildfire spirit appear within 30 feet of herself. Okay. Um she is going to make it appear on the very top of that boombox. And then you can describe what happens when this fire badger appears on top of a box of explosives. Okay, <laughs> roll me. Hmm, this is going to be the fastest scene I've ever done. <laughs> roll me. Let's just really call it a d20. Okay. That's a 16. Okay. That's better in your favor. So what does it look like, tell me, as you summon this fire badger? How does it materialize out of thin air? Uh, she um, waves her hands and she says, Pink, come here! And um, that's what she named her fire badger. And um, Pink materializes in the air and like of maybe a foot above where the boombox is and drops down and makes contact with it and is on fire. Okay, so you, you you hear a your badger appears in thin air and they fall down, plop, and their their big, big fuzzy feet are kind of sitting out and they're like they have their front legs in between and they're sitting there proud. And you hear a and you look and a smile curls across your face as you see that a single wick has caught on your badger's fur and it's making its way towards the boombox. Anticipation rises. Oh, oh. And it gets closer and closer to the to the um touching the box itself. And then at the very last moment, you see it fizzle out. And your badger is still sitting on top of the box. What do you do? I frown. Pink! What'd you do? And then you hear. Achoo! And then you go blind. As light takes up the space, an explosion of untold proportions <laughs> fills up the room. And with your vision going white, we're going to cut away. Okay. Um, Dusty, you and Volk both made your way southward out of the, the center, the fountain area of this store. And you passed by the shelves as well. And while Volk went to the right, you went to the left in the birthday section. Among you, you can see shelves and little tiny aisles of many different party goods. You see little cur little cone-shaped party hats and plates and gifts and gift wrap. Anything you would need to make a party. What catches your eye? So I look around at all of it and I just shake my head and frown. I'm like, yeah, no, we can't let any of them get any of this. Um, I would like to begin by finding anything made of paper. Um, wrapping paper, Paper hats, Ooh. streamers, just as much paper as I can possibly get my hands on. Okay, um, roll me an investigation check. The DC is fairly low, but... It is a 19. 19, okay. This check was more to see how quickly you find the paper, mostly because there is an impending explosion going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> he does not know that. Yes. Um, so you, you root through pretty quickly and find lots of paper products. There are plates folded by paper, paper hats. There is wrapping paper galore. You find a whole barrel with its 
top ripped off and filled with rolls of decorated paper. Mm, that one's gonna be helpful. Some scrawled with inks, others that have little cute animals on them and things of that sort. Yeah, I don't care what's on any of them, I just need paper. So I begin to, I begin to tactically place piles of paper around the entire room. Oh no. And also leaving little trails of the paper like that kind of go to so like it'll be like a pile of paper in the corner but then a trail that leads to the center of the room and i just spread paper out as much as i possibly can are you making a giant wick and then i continue the trail back towards the front of the door okay and then i pull out and then i pull out my tinder box oh no <laughs> okay and i say this is just this would just be too much if they ever found this. And I begin to light, at which point I assume there is a giant explosion behind me. Not quite yet. Um, we will get to that. So as you bend down to light the paper, it catches and you watch the trail start to slowly sneak its way through the birthday section. You were very concise. So this trail is slowly burning as its way through and you notice that some of the paper in the aisles are catching. Volk doesn't notice because Volk is just staring at this boom box. Um, it was a tactical trail. It was a tactical trail, yeah, very tactical. Um, weaving through the aisles with planned ease, and it's strategically lighting off every single shelf that this fire touches. And in that moment, in the midst of the blaze, you see hanging on a shelf, not like it's designed for sale, maybe something left behind by an employee, but you see a pair of... They look like earmuffs. Damn it. Though large and the things that you would put over your ears are big and fluffy. What do you do? You now see this in the midst of the blaze that you have just created. Kind of stands there for a second. Okay. And I run towards them and attempt to grab them before they get lit on fire. Okay, very quickly, roll me a dexterity check as you leap through the flames that you have so tactically and perfectly created. Well, that's a natural one. Oof. Oof. Maybe the flames were a little more than you expected, but you leap in and stumble, and some of the paper that you have laid out on the floor tosses up into the air and starts to catch random sh random shelves on fire. Oh, that one wasn't supposed to burn yet. There's an order to this. And you quick do you quickly put it out or try to put it out? What do you do? No, I'm still trying to get the earmuffs. Um, so with that, the fire starts to spread in a way that you d you're not quite happy with. But the more important goal was there. A pair of headphones dangling on a shelf. And you quickly make your way through. I'm gonna roll 2d4 for the fire damage from the, the such a good blaze you have made. You only, you take four fire damage as the heat starts to lick up against your body and you reach through and grab the pair of headphones. What do you do? What color? What do they look like? Describe them to me. You said they were fluffy? Yeah, like the earmuffs are very, very, very fluffy. They're like a rainbow sparkle yes. pattern um, with like little tiny silver sequins on them. Okay. What do you do with... I, I, I begin to start picking the sequins off and throwing them away like, I uh, don't need that. But I make my way back towards, uh, towards the front. Um, so you make your way through and behind you, you can hear the fire starting to roar a bit and you make your way to the back to where are you going back to the fountain or to like the entrance of the store i would actually head back over to see how volk is doing but i'll be putting the headphones on as i go you make your way over towards volk and you see her standing there and the badger is sitting up top and you look as you're lifting the headphones to your head you see the badger sneeze. And in that moment, you watch all of the fur on its body, this flaming, roiling fire, branch out right as the earmuffs plant on your ears. And in that moment, you get a beautiful show that is totally silent. As you watch one by one, these all this mountain of fireworks erupts. And you look to your side and you can see Volk what does Volk look like as she's watching this absolutely erupt? Her eyes are so wide. She just looks thrilled. Like, this is the most happy that um, you have ever seen her look in her entire life. Can both of you roll me a dexterity saving throw? <laughs> or, actually, or strength, your pick. Ooh, 19. Okay. 
uh, strength saving throw would be 21. Wow, okay, so both of you, the explosion rocks this warehouse, this empty, closed warehouse full of party supplies, and both of you slide backwards across the ground, and your backs impact on the shelf as the beauty of the, beauty of the explosion is setting in. And then we cut to <laughs> bugs. You're sitting there looking at this shiny ball in the air, and then you hear and the building, the floor rocks at your feet and you look over your shoulder and you just see a bright, vibrant light and look back and you see the ball floating above you. What do you do? Uh, I have a boomerang. Is is there a chance I can try quickly to toss that bad boy and see if I can knock it off whatever it's hanging on? Absolutely. Okay. Give me an attack. Nope. <laughs> oh no, that's a four, uh, minus one for a three. Ooh, okay, so you, you maybe you throw, like, you th go to throw the boomerang and a secondary explosion goes off from the madness they have just created and it throws off your aim. But, you know, boomerangs are cool. It comes right back. <laughs> I, I think it lands in your hand. I think that was enough. He's like, okay, I tried it and I'm done and I'm going to try to run back to the center of the building or the fountain is and hopefully everyone, like, mm -hmm. hoping everyone else okay. tries to meet there. Okay, you, you you turn around and leave the, the big shiny ball behind and you run away and make your way through the, the shelves. At the same moment as you see um, Volk and Dusty both standing there covered in soot, Volk has a giant grin on her face. And if you see Dusty's face, there's a small smile and then just a single tear rolling down his his brown craggy skin oh i love it um can someone roll me a d100 sure 46 46 okay um so with that um when i asked for a d100 roll our listeners may be familiar i usually do high low the dc for this was low which you went below 50 so it lands as the explosion goes off and both of you are kind of standing by these shelves, you see boxes and tons of knickknacks just scatter across the room by the fountain. They all land on the floor, scattered about. You can see that there are a bunch of little wooden sticks that have all tumbled to the floor right next to a box called wands. You can see that there are other big, big cylinders with a wick at the top that look like fireworks that you've seen in the pile. You see two coats land draped over the fountain and a little tiny gold pouch with a little drawstring on it and a flute just tumbles to the ground. What do you all do as this explosion rocks the space? And by the way, um, Nalpo, as you're walking away from costumes with a grin on your face, you hear, you see a vibrant light detonate on the other side of all these shelves. And in front of you, you can now see all of your allies gathering. At the I'm going to um, say that while she's leaving the room, she's jokingly like looking at the big annoying beepy noise and going, I'm a dragon, I can make you explode anyway. And she looks up at it like she's pretending to, to explode. And then that's when the explosion happens. And she's just like, yes, <laughs> did I, uh. did I do? Guys, and she like runs towards the fountain, and she sees the all explosions right. like all the way over there. And she's like, "So yeah, you're all gathered at the fountain. There are a bunch of goods at your feet, and Nalpo runs up. What do you say?" I say, "Guys, I made. Oh, was that you guys that made it explode? I thought I made it explode." And folks just grinning and nodding <laughs> vigorously. Um, and as you're grinning and nodding, it all it, all of it dawns on you for a brief moment. You hear a voice go, Arr! Fire! Fire! And it's coming from different places. As you watch, easily six humanoid figures stumble through the broken aisles you have just created. And they're going, Arr! Fire! And they have these horns attached to their hands, and they're looking towards the fire, and one of them raises up the horn and starts to stream water. And one of them, let me roll a perception check for it, which is not very high. It's they're all standing there pouring water towards the fire. And one one of them, the one at the very back of this group, looks over towards you and then points and goes, 
Arr! Intruder! Intruder! And all of the other automatons stop spraying with water and turn and look towards you. And we're about to do a skill challenge. Ooh. <laughs> Are any of you here not familiar with skill challenges? I am not. D&D. Sounds cool, Okay. Though. Anybody else? So, just to give it, again, for our listeners as well, a skill challenge is what is essentially something you have to overcome via a series of skill rolls. Now, traditionally, you use any skill that would be on your sheet. Um, they should be skills you are proficient in, but if you're not, that's fine. And I have also added to one called combat and one called spellcasting. Now, the way a skill challenge works is that in this situation, you have a certain DC you have to meet. This skill challenge, considering where you are and the other mayhem you have created, will not be very hard to pass, but you need exactly four successes on your skills to make it through this. I will warn you, failures will result in some kind of consequence or cost to you. It could be one of you gets grabbed. It could be items get lost. It could be something takes longer than you would like. Now, with that in mind, you have all these automatons looking in your direction. What would you like to do to kick off this skill challenge? If we want, we can roll initiative. Um, well, just for context, Dusty did not hear any of that true. because he's still wearing the headphones and he's still just kind of looking at the explosion and crying and just under his breath, just whispering, it was so, so quiet. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. <laughs> this is wonderful. With the skill challenge kicking off, can I get an initiative roll from everybody? I know we're getting close to our time and this will be, skill challenges are relatively quick, especially one that has a DC this low. I got a one. Nice. If you would like to put them in the chat again, that would be wonderful. Oh, wow, you did. You guys are awesome. My players didn't hear that. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the skill challenge begins with these these automatons. All of them are looking towards you, sounding, Arr! Arr! Intruder! Intruder! Now, Poe, you're the first to go. What do you do? Um, I see all the shiny wands, and I immediately drop one of the costumes and pick up like four of the wands because I'm like, I don't know what this does and I'm pointing it at them. Okay, what um skill do you think would apply to this? Um, I'm probably not gonna succeed but Arcana probably. Okay, yeah, roll me an Arcana check. Ooh, I actually think I succeed. I got a 19. 19, that is a very high success. Um, so with that success, you look at all these wands. First off, the one that catches your eye immediately. It's covered in flowers and the tip looks like a rose. Yes! Next to that is another wand that looks like a firework. What do you do with them? I point them both in the same time at the at one of the robots. You point and the robot is covered in flowers. They start blooming from all the wooden mechanisms of this automaton as it screams out, Arr! And you watch as this wand of pyrotechnics fires off a flurry of dazzling explosions which seem to disorient the other machinations. Next up in the order, we have Dusty. In silence, you watch all of these automatons turn towards you and start pointing and saying something you can't quite hear. And then there's a flurrying array of lights as the automatons are moving clumsily towards you. What do you do? So yeah, I see, um, I'm, I'm turning finally away from the beautiful silent explosion um, and see all this. I kind of pull the headphones or the ear must off. I'm like, what did you all do? And I'll raise my glaive um, and rush the nearest automaton. Um, I will attack from 10 feet away since it has reach. Nice. And I will also, as as kind of my skill challenge thing, I will use my action surge to attack twice Ooh, um, and okay. try to just take out one of these things. So what I will say is make an attack, one attack roll with advantage um, because you're utilizing what I like to call the combat skill for this. So expending that action surge gave you an additional dice to roll to pass, if you'd like. So it's a 19 and I'm a champion fighter, so that's a crit. Oh, lucky for you, that counts as two successes in my skill challenges. I don't know about the book rules, but that's a lot more fun. Um, so what does it look like as you totally disable two of these automatons? Um, I just pull out the glaive with the, which is the, you know, the broomstick with the uh, the butcher knife strapped to the end of it and I stab it into one and then whip it that one up in the air and bring that one crashing down on top of the next one. Oh, lovely. And these these automatons collapse on the ground and their 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 joints and their bodies 
crack and fall apart, and the one on the ground, you still have you have the headphones off now, right? Uh, correct. Okay, it, it's looking towards you, and it goes, and its eyes go dim, as the second one has now caught fire, while it's draped on the ground. I just look back at it, and I, because it talked to me, I look back at it and I say, sometimes. The intruder is in you all along. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In this moment, Volk, you see Dusty standing over two automatons that he has just successfully dismantled. What would you like to do? Um, I would like to use one of my spells, so spellcasting, Scorching Ray. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, I get three rays, so I can attack three of them. Um, okay. So I'll do spell casting. That is a total of 13. Oh, you just passed the DC by one. Um, with your three scorching rays, I'll say among these automatons, there were six there. Two of them have been dismantled. How do you deal with three of the remaining automatons? She actually, the scorching ray doesn't originate from her. She takes the fire that from the one automaton that was on fire and bursts it out at the other ones. Oh, this is so cool. I absolutely love it. So you you raise your arms out and just like flaming spears pulled from nothing. They burst from this bonfire, this glorious blaze that you just created and run each automaton through. Two of them actually get speared together by the fire and they collapse on the ground with the same as they both go deactive. Bugs. Oh, gosh, guys, We're left cool with stuff. Okay, I think uh, Bugs like the run towards that. You said there was a wand with a rose on it? Okay. Yes, Um, which at that point, Nalbo had picked Boop. it up. Among the other things on the ground, here's what I will tell you. You see, you see a big firework with the words, The Kingmaker on it. You see a cloak that looks like it's shimmering with different colors. If you've ever seen those um, outfits where if you like swipe your hand in one direction, they turn rainbow and you swipe the other hand, it's like okay. black fabric. Um, there's a cloak on the floor that is constantly billowing and a golden bag that says on it, bags that hold things. I'm going for the bag. Yeah, let's go for the bag. I'm going to empty it out to see if there's something I can use. Okay, so you pick up the bag and furl it. I guess open it up? Yeah. And from inside, dozens and dozens of fireworks start pouring onto the ground. Way more than this bag should be able to hold. You have just acquired a bag of holding. What skill would you like to use to try and help this situation to set the scene in front of you there's a handful of automatons that have been destroyed the warehouse is now in a raging blaze around you and at your back you have the fountain and behind you you hear one healthy voice go intruder and it's looking towards you with this horn that you saw them use to spray water on the fire uh, i'm gonna hastily line up as many of those fireworks in the direction of that automaton and yell out to Volk to maybe light him up. Okay, what's what skill would you like to use in this situation? So the way skill challenges work is every player kind of picks a skill on their sheet to use, and then you just roll it. And if you succeed, well, I will let you know you're one success away from totally wiping the skill challenge. Uh, clean. I guess persuasion to talk to her. Okay, yeah, roll me a persuasion check because I think what we can do is maybe over the chaos of all of this to see if your voice is heard. Okay. Oh gosh, guys, 12. You hit the oh, DC okay. right on the oh. head. Um, what do you what do you say out to your companions among all of this chaos to let them know that there's one automaton left and it has snuck up behind them? Uh, oh, the, the automaton's behind them. Oh gosh. Uh, I just tell them all the duck. I'm like, get down, guys, get down. And then we'll try to light these fireworks up and see what happens. Okay, so with that, all of you hear bugs yell, get down over all the chaos. And you all look over your shoulder and see this last automaton. This, with this, the skill challenge is a success. You haven't been captured by the automatons and the fire in the warehouse still rages. And you got a bunch of cool items. What would you all like to do? Uh, dip. I want to grab the Kingmaker off the ground before we dip. You scoop it up under your arm. It's like half your height. It's so big. As we're walking out, um, kind of silhouetted by the fire, I'll stop Nalpo, Nalpo and be like, uh, Nalpo, real quick, um, do that that ching, 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 ting, ting thing again. Click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. And as she's doing the click clacks, I put the headphones on. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> on. 
dead, and dead it goes silent. silent. Yep. And I just look at her and just, just smile. Oh, I love it. I put the Joker hat on him. <laughs> Doesn't bother me. I can't hear shit. Okay, Bugs, at this point, all of your allies haven't done anything about what you said. What would you like to do? <laughs> uh, well, I'll duck, too. Okay, like, okay. Yes, I, I assumed we were doing this from a squatting position. Okay, yeah, that's 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 totally fine. Everybody ducks down. Uh, How would you like to tie this off in a bow, Bugs? Uh, I, I use my tinderbox to light those fireworks that are left over on the ground, and then I'm going to run over towards the grate and just drop down back in the sewer. Okay, and I think we can backset this with an explosion of glory as these fireworks sail over your heads, and our camera is now down in the sewer, looking up as all four of the kobolds are dashing down and falling into the water below. And in that moment, you all hear an explosion. As suddenly, you hear a voice go, which is overrun by the explosion, and now you're all in the sewer. So we pick back up with all of you now, standing in the sewers below. Above you, you can hear a raging fire and alarms going off. What would you like to do? Uh, I tell the group, I'm like, uh, it looks like you guys got some cool stuff. I got a cool pirate hat. See my cool hat? Roll me a D100. Oh, okay. Ba, ba, ba. 67? Oh, I switched the DC to see if it would change anything this time. Um, the roll was high. You're, as you say that, I got a cool pirate hat, you hear an explosion. And then you hear rocks above your head tumble down as the fountain collapses. And all of you leap out of the way. And in the center of this intersection in the sewers, you can see the dragon fountain, now destroyed. These kind of fox gold coins that were made are scattered about the space. And lodged in the now destroyed head of the dragon, you can see in total perfection, the big shiny ball of dancing. As the explosion, presumably, had sent it across the room, sailing through the aisles, and it obliterated the fountain. Guys, it's the ball, I got it. Uh, I'm, go I'm gonna need some help rolling this back though. It's kind of big. We're gonna need to make a tactical return. Get the ball in front of us, we'll roll, be we'll roll it, everybody behind it. Okay. I'm gonna can we do like a conga line dance if it's shiny? Yeah. I'm not dancing. Okay, you don't have to dance. <laughs> <laughs> um just to double check Volk, you're here, correct? Yes. Yes, okay. Um so I think this is a perfect moment to fade out as all of you are conga dancing down the sewers. <laughs> not all of us. Except Dusty, who probably has his headphones on. Nice and comfy. And you're kind you they're kind of dancing and rolling the this the ball down the sewers. You pass by your friend, who you now know is named um, Gumby, who not only clears the path for you, but makes sure that no rats bother you on your way back. And you find yourselves at the Badger Tunnels that lead way, way, way back to your cobalt home. And we fast forward a little as you all climb out of the cave and a handful of kobolds that they heard the badgers talking about your grand scheme and your thirst for party as you guys step through the, the blanket that covers the, the tunnel into your little hangout space. You see there are a dozen other sad, like, bored-looking kobolds. One of them has a stick they have lit, in, lit on fire, pretending it's a sparkler, and all of you step into this space with all of these crazy, fun magic items and party favors. What would you all like to do? It's time to party! Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna string up the uh, disco ball somewhere like in a in a main hall. Oh, I love it. So yeah, you 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 just prop it up on the ceiling, and you notice that as it dances in the air, the firelight reflects off of it and bathes this whole place in hues of red and orange. Ooh. I start throwing costumes at people. Yes. Um, you you distribute all the costumes, and other kobolds of your clan are putting them on and like dancing and being merry. I want to wait till the end of the night. So if anybody else has anything else they want to do. Mm -mm. Okay, so you'll be last. Yeah. Okay. Dusty, is there anything you would like to do during this madness? I do not attend the party. I take my rainbow earmuffs <laughs> back to my alcove and I very comfortably polish my armor because I do polish it every day, Bugs. Every day. <laughs> so... While you're in your little abode, um, if you would do me a tiny favor, could you describe what the space looks like, maybe? 
to get a sense of Dusty. He's the only one here who like really wasn't into the whole party thing. And he's accomplished his quest. But like, what does his little space look like where he's polishing up his armor? Uh, it's very tactical. Uh, <laughs> there are... So tactical. There are tactical weapons on the wall and uh, tactical armor uh, pieces strewn about and uh, a little tactical journal where he, he makes notes about uh, different tactics. I love um, that everything's tactical. Um, okay, so while you're polishing off your armor, it's quiet. It's so quiet. You don't, you have your headphones, your little earmuffs on? Absolutely. You don't hear it, but you feel a vibration in the floor from coming from behind you towards your door. You don't hear anything, but you feel it. Do you do anything? Um, I, I whip around and I have a crossbow bolt ready. Okay, you aim it. Beneath your door, you can see a very small and wavering kobold-shaped shadow being cast from the ring light outside. What? I, like, lift one earmuff up. You hear a... Yeah, come in. The the door handle of your alcove turns and gently swings open. And in front of you, you see um, a very young kobold. Kobold lifespans aren't extremely long, but they're no more than a couple years old. What we might account to maybe like a, if we we're on earth, like a five or six year old. And they're standing there and in their hand, they're kind of holding a sparkler that they got from Volk's menagerie of fireworks that was collected. And they're kind of looking at you nervously. And they go, thank you. And they kind of like nervously look at the sparkler and like they breathe on it a little bit and it, the heat from their breath causes it to light and they smile and they look up at you and go, they like motion it towards you. I walk over and take the sparkler and give the kid a little bop on the chin. It's like, go have fun. The kid runs away and giggles. And as they run out, they close the door behind them. I stamp the sparkler out, put my headphones back on, go back to polishing. <laughs> and we we are we finally finish with a Volk. What would you like to do? When the dancing and the sparklers and everything is done and we're getting ready to go to bed for the night, she says, come on, we have one more and leads everybody, probably except for Dusty, unless we can convince Dusty. To go above ground so we can light the Kingmaker. Oh, good. You're going to the death, the death lands. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely coming because someone's got to protect you all. So I'm fully armored up, fully weaponed <laughs> up, going ab above freaking ground. This is brilliant. And she wants to light the Kingmaker with the distant fire from uh, Pirate Pete's party place lighting up. The horizon. Okay, so we'll set the scene here. All of you have kind of used the, the, the menagerie of kind of hidden rungs and ladders that, you, that your clan has built into the, the, the different, like the clay walls of this ravine that you live in. And you climb all the way up to the top. And right by this bridge, the span bridge that bridges the gap where right above your home where travelers pass by every day, there's one particular tree that sometimes you like to climb up into to get a better view. You go on the other side of the bridge and you put the kingmaker on the ground and give it a light and then run. And as you scurry up the tree, you watch as this giant barrel-sized canister ignites. And from the bottom, you can see a plume of flame as it sends it up into the sky. And in the distance, you can see the hill in the or the hill in the middle of the lake where the ever-flowing grotto sits. Inside, you can see the dancing lights of the people celebrating their own party totally unaware of how much fun you're having at their expense. And this barrel-sized thing sails into the air and detonates, backset by the rings of Asperon that kind of make this big white curved stripe across the sky that's striated. And you watch as a fireball spell detonates 100 feet in the air in front of all of you. And the fire is this mix of green and red and purple and pink. It's, this, it's a rainbow of flames as it takes up the sky. And then we fade to black.
Yay. Okay, Yay. I was like, "Yay!" Was, Best Yay. festival of fire ever. <laughs> well, thank you. First, I want to say thank you, everyone. That was, that so was much fun. wonderful, and your characters are amazing. I had so much fun DMing this. I had a blast. It was so good. You guys gave me so many gems <laughs> to work with. Ah. Um. Yeah. Thank yeah, you, Mike. It was so much fun. Um. I figure we can do this again at the end because I'm probably going to break this into two episodes because it's like two hours long. Um, so for the benefit of our listeners, if y'all would like to go through and kind of, you know, just reiterate who you are, where we can find your show and binge the amazingness that you all okay. create. I'll start off again. Uh, hi, Kirk. Uh, I'm the DM for the podcast We Suck at D&D. The best spot to find us is Twitter and it, we are at We Suck Pod. Check us out. I'm Nikki, and I am the host of Beholder to No One, a D&D podcast. Uh, we have discussion episodes as well as actual plays and one-shots. You can find us on Twitter at Beholder to No One. I'm Ellen, the GM of The Birdhouse Mysteries, a Savage Worlds actual play podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Birdhouse Myst, M-Y-S-T. Hello, I'm Andrew. I'm the DM and showrunner for The First Watch, a multi-camera actual play D&D web series. You can find us on Twitter at First Watch Show and on YouTube where you can watch all our episodes. Thank you all so much for coming tonight. I hope you had a blast. Well, you did literally. <laughs> I didn't expect you to blow up the damn place. But <laughs> I did it, nowhere in my notes that it say prepare for imminent disaster, but I guess they have to deal with that now. I don't know what else you expected. <laughs> <laughs> in in hindsight, in hindsight, yeah, that 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 tracks. Um, but yeah, I hope you all had fun, and thank you so much for coming, listeners. Um, I know this isn't our normal cast or our normal story, but take some time. Go check out these other shows. You'll find all of their links in our show descriptions. And over the holidays, if you could, maybe take some time to check out all the other shows that are happening with the 10 Tabletop Tales. There's a lot of them, and they are all amazing. So thanks. Have a good week, and I'll see you soon. Hey everybody, so no min-roll this week, but if you still want to support our show, please follow us on Twitter at Tales of Asperon, or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Now, as I'm recording this, I'm finally recovered to working order after my oral surgery. So as the year turns over, we can finally return back to our normal release schedule. Anyways, our fabulous guests for this episode are Kirk from We Suck at D&D. Ellen from the Birdhouse Mysteries, Andrew from the First Watch, and finally, the wonderful Nikki from Beholder to No One. Our songs and ambient music for this episode are features from Kevin McLeod and Sword Coast Soundscape, which you can find in our episode description and on their Bandcamp. Stay safe, see you soon, and enjoy the holidays. Mm-hmm.